Previously on Caustic Soda. I don't know if you guys know it, but you're uh, you're out of toilet paper. Did did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. <laughs> He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> I can see how that could be confusing. I won't believe it. I'll be right back. Thanks a lot, you shit. So much for the seashells. And now the conclusion. Evanston, Illinois, uh-huh. was one of the first locations to pass a blue law against selling ice cream sodas. Why is it called a blue law? Blue laws are like uh, religious laws. Oh. Against ice cream sodas? Yeah. What, what about an ice cream soda offends God? Well, as soda was marketed as a miracle cure, ah, okay. it was often considered a substance that required oversight and control like alcohol. Another controlled substance that could not be served or purchased on Sundays in many conservative areas. Okay. Many soda fountains had to figure out a way to turn a profit on Sundays when selling soda was considered illegal. Uh So, some ingenious confectioners and drugstore operators, Uh obeying the law, served ice cream with the syrup of your choice without the soda on Sundays. Thereby (laughs) complying with the law, this sodaless soda was the Sunday soda. Oh, that's how we call them ice cream Sundays? As sales of the dessert continued on Mondays... Local Methodist leaders then objected to naming the dish after the Sabbath, so the spelling of the name was changed to Sunday A.E. Nice. Oh, I like this. I like the origin story of ice cream Sundays. I always wondered how they got that name. Huh? And it's a great uh, because you respond to people who aren't thinking when they make their laws uh-huh. by thinking, yeah. and they can't really compete. So an ice cream soda, illegal, take out soda water. Yeah. That's the thing you remove. <laughs> And now legal. Perfectly fine. Well, to be perfectly honest, I prefer my ice cream not get watered down by soda water anyway. Hmm. I mean, pure ice cream is pretty kick-ass. That's just like a float, right? I'm a big root beer float fan, but other than that, I I kind of agree with you. Let's talk about the Jim Crow laws. Mm -hmm. These were racial segregation state and local laws enacted after the Reconstruction period in southern United States Mm -hmm. that continued in force until 1965, mandating racial segregation in all public facilities in in the southern U.S. states. Right. So you can no longer keep them as slaves or, like, treat them as chattel and, you know, force them to do things against their will and blah, blah, blah. But you can tell them you don't want them anywhere near you. Jim Crow laws were named for an antebellum minstrel show character. So okay. it was never actually a real person, just oh, okay. a character in uh, oh, some... That's a shame. I would have liked to have had, like, a real guy named Jim Crow. Yep. He could, like, you know, kind of mock an effigy and whatnot. There's a difference between Jim Crow laws and Jim Crow etiquette. Some etiquette norms include, mm. under no circumstances was a black male to offer to light the cigarette of a white female. Okay. Blacks were not allowed to show public affection towards one another in public. Because black people liking each other it, it, is a it, problem? It offended whites. It offends whites. Who cares who black people like and don't like? White people. White people, because they were racist. Because mm. their parents told them that black people were less than human, and now they see them kissing and they look it's human. the same reason you don't want to see dogs fucking. I want to see dogs fucking. Oh, so my God, you monster. 
If they're happy, if they both are enjoying themselves. Uh-huh. Good. Good for you. <laughs> Whites did not use courtesy titles of respect when referring to blacks. For example, Mr., Mrs., Miss, Sir, or Ma'am. Oh. Instead, blacks were called by their first names. Blacks had to use courtesy titles when referring to whites and were not allowed to call them by their first names. Uh-huh. White motorists had the right of way at all intersections. Oh, wow. You have to have good eyesight. That is rough. Yeah, you have to you... like really kind of like – I guess the cars moved really slowly for the first few Do we get to put a special this? white light on the top of our car or something and they have to put a black light mm-hmm. on? Ooh, question. what if there's a white guy – oh, well, I guess I'll... it depends who's driving. Yeah. Would you have a black guy driving a white guy? Yeah, as a chauffeur. Yeah. Would you have a white guy driving a black guy? Ooh, maybe as a taxi driver. Ooh, as a taxi driver, and the black guy pays him because that way he gets to have the right of way. Well, black guys didn't have enough money to pay taxi drivers. Well, some of them did. Mm, I mean, granted, in general, yes. Yeah, but I mean, this requires some extra processing. Like, you can't just go by the rules of the road. You got to be like, who's driving that car? Right. And he's got to look. Go. I got to give way to the white guy. I see fender benders in the future with this. In the Uh, future. No, well, <laughs> in the future of coming up with this rule. Right, okay. Right? And you'd have guys who, like, were outside and really tanned, and you would, like, misjudge and think you got to go. Oh, yeah, and you, you just, go. just uh, sideswipe him. And then he gets so mad that you thought he was black because he's a racist, too. And he's like, yeah. what? I'm not black. You're black. And then just fights. And no, that. and then somebody shows affection to each other, and everybody goes to jail. Yeah. Jim Crow etiquette operated in conjunction with Jim Crow laws which excluded blacks from public transportation and facilities, juries, jobs, and neighborhoods. Well, juries, that's not really a punishment, is it? No, 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 yeah. no. They were okay with that one. When they started to repeal these well, things, they were like, oh, God. Can we still... Can hold back on the jury oh, thing? We... Here's the thing. It's a punishment for the black guy being tried by his peers. Oh, that's true. Right? Oh, that's that very there are true. no yeah. black guys on that jury. I guess, okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't think about that. I got it. The passage of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments of the Constitution had granted blacks the same legal protection as whites. However, after 1877, southern and border states began restricting the liberties of blacks. Unfortunately for blacks, the Supreme Court helped undermine the constitutional protections of blacks with the infamous Plessy versus Ferguson, 1896, mm-hmm. case, which legitimized Jim Crow laws. In 1890, mm-hmm. Louisiana, Louisiana passed the separate car law, which purported to aid passenger comfort by creating equal but separate, equal but mm-hmm. separate mm-hmm. cars for blacks and whites. This was a ruse. A ruse. No public accommodations, including railway travel, provided blacks with equal facilities. Right. The Louisiana law made it illegal for blacks to sit in coach seats reserved for whites, and whites could not sit in seats reserved for blacks. Curiously, right, no but, seats were reserved for blacks. No, seats were reserved for blacks, but they were like, you know, right next to the engine or like where they were like, you know, stoking the fires and whatnot, where it was like, you know, nobody actually reasonably wanted those seats. So shortly thereafter, a group of blacks decided to test the Jim Crow law. Right. They had Homer A. Plessy, who was seven-eighths white and one-eighth black, Uh therefore black, Mm -hmm. sit in the white-only railroad coach. Mm -hmm. He was arrested. Plessy's lawyer argued that Louisiana did not have the right to label one citizen as white and another black for the purposes of restricting their rights and privileges. Right. Which is a pretty salient argument. I think that's a good argument. Strong. Mm -hmm. In Plessy, the Supreme Court stated that so long as state governments provided legal process and legal freedoms for blacks equal to those of whites, they could maintain separate institutions to facilitate these rights. The court, by a 7-2 vote, upheld the Louisiana law, declaring that racial separation did not necessarily mean a repeal of equality. Sketchy. (laughs) Super sketchy. (laughs) Yeah. Racial separation does not repeal equality. 
Okay. Saying where you can and can't sit does not repeal equality uh-huh. based on the color of your skin. These yeah. people are judges. These people studied law. Blacks were denied the right to vote by grandfather clauses, laws that restricted the right to vote to people whose ancestors had voted before the Civil War. Racist laws. That's right. why those laws were in there. They were denied the right to vote through poll taxes. Fees were charged to poor blacks uh-huh. to vote. Uh, white primaries. Only Democrats could vote. Only whites could be Democrats. I see. And literacy, literacy tests. Name all the vice presidents and Supreme Court justices throughout America's history. That kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the movie Selma, but uh, all of this stuff is kind of laid out in that film. Uh, the movie about the march from Selma, Alabama in the 60s with Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. all of this is the Jim right. Crow laws. All these things are laid out. Oprah. She was the one who uh, had to keep proving herself qualified to vote. Oprah did. Yeah, yeah. They asked her to name all the Supreme Court justices, and then she mm. did, and then they denied her anyway. What a bunch of jerks. Jerks. Mm-hmm. Further law stated, barbers, no colored barber shall serve as a barber to white girls or women. Oh, but white guys, okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We don't want to touch you can, that You can be a servant. Hair. You just can't touch white women. Uh, for yeah, bar- they, do, do they not realize that hair is just like dead? Well, you kind of you kind of got to touch their head and oh, turn it, and you're, you're too close and too intimate. Of much of an erotic zone. Oh, really? Erogenous zone. Listen, man. Huh. What if these women, who also really aren't people, decide that they like this black man who's not a person and wants Touching to like their hair. Uh-huh. get to know them better? We can't let these two non-people interact and do things that we white men don't want. Uh-huh. Smell as man musk. Oh. I, I guess if you get a black person's hands too close to a white person's brain could change their minds they, mm-hmm. they might actually stop being racist mm-hmm. oh that'd be terrible yeah for burial the officer in charge shall not bury or allow to be buried any colored persons upon ground set apart or used for the burial of white persons right child custody it shall be unlawful for any parent relative or other white person in the state having the control or custody of any white child by right of guardianship natural or acquired or otherwise to dispose of give or surrender such white child permanently into the custody control maintenance or support of a negro that's South Carolina. All right. Mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. The Board of Control shall see that proper and distinct apartments are arranged for said patients so that in no case shall Negroes and white persons be together. Not even crazy white people? Ooh. Even crazy white people aren't allowed to be that near That white guy who thinks he's black. Well, yeah. That white guy huh? thinks oh, he's Oh, what black. happens there? Loophole. What do they do? Which mental institution do they send them to? <laughs> actually, Al, Al Jolson. Actually. Where do you put Al Jolson when he commits Where do you put Al Jolson? Crime? Or Rachel Dolezal. I don't even know who that is. That's the white woman who thinks she's who's claiming she's. Oh, black. that's right. In yeah. the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. Teaching any instructor who shall teach in any school, college, or institution where members of the white and colored race are received and enrolled as pupils for instruction shall be deemed guilty of a misdemeanor, and what? upon conviction thereof shall be fined. So it's in Oklahoma. So hold on a sec. So you get a professor at a university who's a black guy, right? He's teaching a class full of black kids, and then a white kid enrolls, and that guy goes to jail. So much for Black History Month. Not sure about that. Mm-hmm. Blacks who violated Jim Crow norms, for example, drinking from the white water fountain mm-hmm. or trying to vote. Ooh, white water fountain. Does that mean it just came out like like super hardcore? Like you could like draft down it? If you had like if you drank from the white water fountain, did it like kind of blow out the back of your throat? Yeah, maybe. You gotta wear you gotta wear your life vest and a helmet when yeah, you're yeah, safety first. Yeah. Right? You don't go near that white water fountain without uh, you know proper flotation device they risked their homes their jobs and even their lives whites could physically beat blacks with impunity blacks had little legal recourse against these assaults because the jim Ro- jim crow criminal justice system was all white 
mm-hmm. police, prosecutors, judges, juries, and prison officials. Under Jim Crow, any and all sexual interactions between black men and white women was illegal, illicit, socially repugnant, and within the Jim Crow definition of rape. What, what? about wait? What about uh, white men and black women? I'm sure that was fine. These are sexist too. Remember, <laughs> yeah, what? white white men can do what they want. That's, right. That's the that's basically the law. White men can do what they want. Everybody else has to fucking do what white men say. But what was the rationalization legal wise? Like if you're saying, okay, white race and black race need to be separate at all costs. No, yeah. no, that's not what it was. Well, also, yeah, white men aren't gonna aren't gonna have black babies. No, white men. Like if they're if that guy was one eighth black and he was considered a black man. No, but what I mean, what I mean is like the women, white women are in danger of having a half black baby if they yeah. get together with a man. Yeah. Right. And then that's like nine months of them. And then all the other raising time where they're off and they can't be making a white baby. Right. Whereas if a man has sex with a black woman, that woman can go off and have a, a biracial baby. But that man can still go and make the white babies he's supposed to. Yeah. Right, but that's how so, these racists think. So white men are not allowed to sit in the same train as black men and women. But they're allowed to have sex with black women. It's not in that train. It's not in the train. <laughs> okay. Although less than 20% of lynchings between 1882 and 1951 were even accused of rape, the victims, lynch law was often supported on the popular belief that lynchings were necessary to protect white women from black rapists. Mm-hmm. Generally, Jim Crow laws were overruled by the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, but years of action and court challenges were needed to unravel numerous means of institutional discrimination, right. as we all know. The Nuremberg Laws were anti-Semitic laws in Nazi Germany introduced at, 19, at the 1935 Nuremberg Rally of the Nazi Party. Mm, any laws introduced at a rally is yeah. generally not a good sign. Hey, let's make a law that does this. Yeah, there's a lot of partying Woo! going on. I came up with a lot of rules and regulations around my household like when I was like having a good time. And then, you know, you could second guess the, the wisdom of it later. Mm. The two laws were the law for the protection of German blood and German honor, which mm-hmm. forbade marriages and extramarital intercourse between Jews and Germans. Okay, blood and honor. Yeah, yeah well, and, and, you know, they obviously came up with for their blood services a way to keep like hepatitis C and AIDS from being transferred, like that, the safety of blood. Oh, I'm sure right. this was that completely was scientific. Kinda, and it was wrapped up in that as well. Health-based, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's not so bad. Uh, it also forbade the employment of German females under 45 in Jewish households. Oh, under 46-year-olds. Okay. And the Reich Citizenship Law, which declared that only those of German or related blood were eligible to, eligible to be Reich citizens. Right, right. Okay. The remainder were classed as state subjects without citizenship rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So two types of citizens. Right. Basically, or not even citizens. A supplementary decree outlining the definition of who was Jewish was passed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Out of foreign policy concerns, prosecutions under the two laws did not commence until after the 1936 Summer Olympics held in Berlin. Well, you don't, you know, there's a lot of money there. (laughs) You don't want all the rest of the world seeing their eyes are on you. Yeah. What's going on? Article 4 of the law for the protection of German blood and German honor states, Mm -hmm. one, Jews are forbidden to fly the Reich or national flag or display Reich colors. I don't think they mind. You can't even be a nationalist Jew. But I'm such a fan. (laughs) I don't get it. Mm -hmm. They are, on the other hand, permitted to display the Jewish colors. Oh, thank goodness. The Uh exercise of this right is protected by the state. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, you got to protect your rights of your Jewish to say, I'm Jewish. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so persecute can, me. Yeah, so you can like it, you encourage them to yeah. hang flags yeah. out. You want to? You want to know? Yeah, you want to know? Yes. 
Adolf Hitler declared a national boycott of Jewish businesses in 1933, and the law for the restoration of the professional civil service passed excluded most Jews from the legal profession and civil service. Right. Right. So no Jews can do this, no Jews can do that. Right. Right. Emigration was problematic as Jews were required to remit up to 90% of their wealth as a tax upon leaving the country. Oh, the get out of Germany, get out of Nazi Germany tax. Give us most of your stuff. Give us all your stuff, which is terrible. We're going to make it terrible if you live here, but if you leave, we're going to take almost everything but in the long run history probably shows <laughs> yeah. that was well worth paying Maybe. yeah 2020 you're gonna, lose, right? you're gonna lose 100 percent of everything yes yeah in not just months. your possessions yeah and then you're gonna mm-hmm. have to get your relatives to go to switzerland to get it back it's a whole mess yeah mass deportation schemes such as the madagascar plan which as it sounds Ooh. like was a proposal of the nazi german no it was a proposal for talking animals to be super funny <laughs> Super funny. Oh, maximum. Oh, I laughed throughout two or three minutes of that whole movie. Mm -hmm. Was a proposal of the Nazi government to relocate the Jewish population of Europe to the island of Madagascar. Oh, Oh. can you imagine? Yeah. Just Jews and lemurs. Jews and lemurs everywhere. (laughs) That that, that would be, you know, a little jungle wonderland. Would they even all be able to fit in Madagascar and live? I'm sure you can, like, well, would they How be able to live in concert with lemurs? I that would have been... Here's what I need to know. You would end up with the Jewish lemur war. Oh, God. I think what would happen is Madagascar, the movie, would have ended up a lot funnier with all those Jewish people living there. How big is Madagascar compared to Germany? Uh, it's actually bigger. Bigger so, than Germany. So it's a little more than 500,000 square kilometers. Germany's only about 357,000 square kilometers. Okay. So okay. again, I think this might not actually qualify as a bad law because this might have worked out Get for more everybody. Space. This could have been a win-win. Probably not, nicer climate. Not as good infrastructure. No. No, but there were no gas less, chambers less, in Madagascar. Less gas chambers. Less gas chamber right? infrastructure. No concentration camps sure. yet. This uh, plan proved to be impossible for the Nazis to carry out, and sometime around December 1941, Hitler resolved that the Jews of Europe were to be exterminated. Right. Uh, As we all know. As opposed to sent to Madagascar. Those are two pretty extremes. Like, there's no gray area here. There's no middle ground. Send all the Jews to Madagascar. Kill all the Jews. Those are the only two answers here. Come on. Uh, well, and the problem was not even a problem either. Like, mm-hmm. th- th- he was just looking for a scapegoat. And then, well, mm. we've got the scapegoat. Better follow through on this political movement we've made. I'm no Hitler apologist. But. But. <laughs> but. Go he, on. He needed a scapegoat to p- consolidate political power and become a totalitarian ruler. So the Jewish threat served his purpose. Like, without, without yes. the Jewish threat, he would have had a difficult time yes. consolidating political power, becoming yes. a totalitarian ruler. Right. You're so, right. So, mission accomplished. Send him to Madagascar as a thank you. Thank you for allowing me to consolidate power. <laughs> right. Listen, right. without racism, how can you power fascism? That's Come right. on, people. Exactly. Exactly. But racism is the oil in the engine of fascism. <laughs> Heil Hitler! (laughs) Heil Hitler!
magic all sublime He will achieve in time To let the punishment fit the crime The punishment fit the crime And make each prisoner pin Willingly represent A source of innocent merriment Of innocent merriment Let the punishment fit, let the punishment fit, let the punishment fit the crime, the crime, the crime. June 2015, Canada. Oh. We know that place. Right in our backyard, if you will. Bill C-51, the Conservatives' anti-terror legislation, received royal assent and is now law. Uh, mm. Oh, so it uh, they got the permission of those tree people to pass it. Tree people? Yeah, the ants. The ants. Oh, royal ass ant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. they... <laughs> yeah. They went to them as permission. In their ass. Yeah. Okay, in, sure. Well, they talk out of their asses, just like the conservatives. The bill has faced intense scrutiny for the expanded powers it gives the police and the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Right. CSIS. Mm-hmm. CSIS. Opponents argue the bill's wording is too vague, which could lead to dangerous and unlawful measures. Right. Public Safety Minister Stephen Blaney, who welcomed the bill's passage into law, mm-hmm. has said the bill is necessary to keep Canadians safe. We are not safe enough. We need to be more safe here safe in Canada. Right. From what? How yeah. many Canadians have died to the things that this is supposed to protect us from? How many? Can yeah. he give us a number? Because he can't. Now that the bill is law, what changes? Here are five differences you may notice under C-51. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Promoting terrorism, a jail offense. Under C-51, encouraging or promoting others to carry out terrorist acts becomes its own criminal offense under the criminal code. Mm-hmm. Individuals can be found guilty regardless of whether the terrorist act they are promoting is carried out. This is punishable by up to five years in prison. There is concern at how much this new offense could impact the right to free speech. Right. Opponents argue this definition, uh, the definition being the bill is targeted at people who encourage or promote the commission of terrorism offenses in general. Got it. Not specifically, in general. Well, what they'll do is if somebody goes on and says this, like this law, whether it's C-51 or something else, is Mm -hmm. unjust and we've got to do what we can to stop it. And then somebody else heard that and goes ahead and blows something up because of it. The person who said that because it's so vaguely worded, could get locked up. Number two, crackdown on terrorist propaganda. Expected larger crackdown on people who share both physical and online copies of terrorist propaganda. Mm-hmm. C-51 adds a section to the criminal code that allows a warrant to be issued for those who share physical copies of material a judge deems to be terrorist yes, propaganda. Yes, censorship. That's the great thing to do against the group trying to attack our freedoms. You know what we should do as Caustic Soda House is we should get our podcast determined to be terrorist propaganda no such bad thing as bad press oh not a bad uh, idea number three more arrests without warrant 
Police will now have the power to preventatively arrest more people without a warrant. Mm. Now someone oh, can call be ar- this the minority report clause. Now someone can be arrested without a warrant if police believe the individual may carry out terrorist acts. Mm-hmm. Before C-51, arrest without warrant was allowed if it was necessary to prevent the terrorist act. Out-fucking-rageous. Outrageous. We live in a society where we have checks and balances, where Ooh. if you're accused of something, that it has to be done a certain way. And now our government has said, well, if terrorism's involved, we're going to forget the checks and balances because it's important, even though nobody's died from it and we don't actually have a problem. Can't say I'm a big fan of preemptive arrests. Yeah. I heard Captain America say once, I thought punishment usually came after the crime. Oh, yeah. wow. You got Why are you in the news? You know, <laughs> giving the talking points against C51 here. I was so poignant. I got goosebumps. Problem is Captain Canuck never said that. Mm. And this is a Canadian issue at the moment. And the new Captain Canuck looks kind of military. The, I mean, all you do is you get Captain Canuck up there and go, "I thought punishment came after the crime, eh?" A. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know who's writing Captain Canuck comics right now? Ed Brisson, friend of the show. Yep. Mm. Number 4, more personal information shared between departments. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm, so 17 government departments like the Canada Border Services Agency or the Canada Revenue Agency will now share more information with, for example, Health Canada. Okay. Critics say health and income tax information as examples don't relate to national security. Yeah. Yeah. Not unless you've got a warrant, right? right. Like, again, there are times when you have to look up a criminal and you have to go into their private stuff to find the information. And we have a way to do that. And that's mm-hmm. that the law enforcement gets a judge to sign a warrant to say, yes, you can break the rules in this case and go ahead and look at it. We mm-hmm. don't need a you don't need warrants to stop something that's not currently a big problem. Last one. CSIS gets more power to disrupt ter- suspected terrorist plots rather than just collecting information about them. If they have reasonable grounds to think a security threat exists, CSIS can now interfere with the travel plans and bank transaction of suspected terrorists. CSIS also has the power to disrupt radical websites and Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Ah, to find radical. Caustic soda. Yeah. Opponents you are, know why? Because we're radical, man. We're totally rad. No, yeah. you, you know we're why totes they won't? rad, guys. Yeah, yeah. They totally won't because we're three white guys. <laughs> Opponents were upset with the increased power for several reasons. CSIS was created with the mandate of gathering intelligence. Now that C-51 is law, it reaches beyond that. Mm -hmm. CSIS also has the ability to ask judges for approval in cases where their measures would breach rights or freedoms otherwise protected by the law. I have a dream, and my dream is that we become the Canadian Pussy Riot. Mm. Caustic Soda? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Caustic Soda. How much time are you willing to spend in jail? Bracket, Canadian Pussy Riot. Oh, finally, for our prisons episode. Ah, do it from the inside! Yeah. How do we get Mike arrested? It's already in motion. Steps uh, are in motion. Well, we just got to find a, a bad law that exists in BC, <laughs> like, you know, being we'll immoral or flashing your buttocks or whatever it might be. And then he can pull the get shipped off to Australia wife routine. We'll just put some terrorism manifestos on our Twitter account. Uh huh. He manages the Twitter account. It's not a bad Problem idea. Solved. Yep. Critics worry that CSIS lasts, lacks sufficient oversight to ensure these new powers are not abused. Yeah, our government is um, awful at their job. Probably all the non-Canadians that are listening to us right now. They're like, you guys don't have it so bad. Yeah. With your beavers them. and your <laughs> bacon, and your maple syrups. We are yeah, current. I want food and, and, and animal related. <laughs> yeah, what about yeah. with your you know, socialized That's medicine. our culture. No. Yeah. Okay, well that. Yeah. Except that's one of the things he's trying to strip apart. Harper. He's not trying to change our beavers, thank goodness. <laughs> as far as we know. Ooh, we need to get when like, he legis- starts legislating beavers, that is too far. He's he's gonna start calling their cutting down of trees, which is our one of our natural resources, terrorism. Oh. And then all the beavers are gonna get rounded up. First they came for your beavers. 
June 2015, Pakistan. Hmm. Oh. Pakistan's strict blasphemy laws could soon be modified to combat increasing misuse. It has emerged just weeks after experts warned that the government is failing to protect its citizens. Uh, okay. All right. So, so this is a almost like a a bad uh, laws right. solution. Yeah. An answer to bad laws. So they have blasphemy laws, and they're gonna they're gonna fix them. A draft bill introducing severe penalties against those who make false allegations of blasphemy has been finalized by the Interior Ministry and okay. will be put before the government. Oh. So don't get rid of blasphemy laws. No. But punish don't abuse the blasphemous accusers. Yeah. Yeah. The new All legislation right. aims to ensure that people do not take the law into their own hands and will require proof that an individual intended to commit blasphemy before they can be charged. Right. Uh-huh. The current law has been blamed for increasing interreligious tensions across the country. Mm, interreligious tensions. <laughs> Why did you make that sound like you were waiting for an ice cream sundae? <laughs> <laughs> Human rights groups say that it is frequently misused by extremists and false charges are often brought against Christians in order to settle personal scores or to seize property or businesses. Ah, uh-huh. In order to seize yeah. property or businesses. Yeah. We've seen this throughout history in the past mm-hmm. of people who disagree with each other on personal or religious grounds using bad laws. Perhaps the most infamous case is that of Asya Bibi, a Christian woman accused of blasphemy and now facing the death penalty. Her case made global headlines when two prominent politicians were assassinated after trying to help her. Mm. One of these murdered men was a vocal opponent of the blasphemy laws, Governor Salman Tassir, who was shot 26 times in a public square by his own guard. 26 times. That's like the same number of letters in the alphabet. Yeah, A, B, C, C, D, E, F, G. More recently, anti-Christian violence erupted in a suburb of Lahore after a mentally ill man identified as Humayun Masih was Mm. accused of burning pages from the Quran. Christians in the area were forced to leave their homes and police prevented a mob from setting fire to a church. Mm. Last year, a Christian couple were beaten and burned to death in a brick kiln following Whoa. rumors that they had also burned pages from the Quran. Oh, you burn, you burn pages? We're going to burn, burn you. you. Yeah. They were later oh, maybe, proved innocent. Maybe the woman in the couple's name was Paige. From the Quran? No, no, no. Her name was Paige. Right. Like with, Paige with, Johnson. Oh, and they were like, you burn our pages from the Quran, we'll, 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 we'll burn your page. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, then you got to get rid of the witnesses. Uh, but Sn- these snitches get stitches. But these were were proved. They to be were innocent. proved innocent, and Pakistan has now charged 106 people for their murder. Oh, that's a big. That's a lot of trial. murderers. That's a <laughs> like. Can you imagine the court? You'd have all these people at the lawyers' bench, and then you'd have only what 12 in the jury. They really. The minister of justice needs to change his name to Mob Justice. Mob that's justice. all there is to it. That you can all go home now. I'm taking care of this. Mob Justice is on on the case. Pakistan's legal environment is particularly repressive due to its religiously discriminatory constitutional provisions and legislation, including its blasphemy laws. Mm -hmm. The government failed to protect citizens, minority and majority alike, from sectarian and religiously motivated violence, and Pakistani authorities have not consistently brought perpetrators to justice or taken action against societal actors who incite violence. So it's a whole problem there. Hey, Finally putting at least something forward to try and deal with it. How about you just strike your blasphemy laws? It's How about super that? hard to do that That's, in a very Muslim and when not Muslim, very Christian country. Right, but it's, country. Be, it's become obvious. Like, they've had to take steps to curb abuses. So, you know, just pull the, like, grade three teacher bit. Hey, mm-hmm. if you can't if you guys share, can't get along, if you can't get along, then no one take all, away, all of your blasphemies away. That's yeah. right. Exactly. The thing people have to realize about blasphemy is it's one of the crimes in the world that has zero victims. Mm-hmm. Nobody is hurt. By blasphemy. Except for God's feelings. Like I said, mm-hmm. nobody is hurt by blasphemy. Do, uh, Sticks Joe? and stones will break his bones, but 
but names will never hurt him. Mm, that doesn't apply That's to God. That's not true. That's, That's not, not true, true about God at all. It's not even uh, true about people. Joe, are you you are saying mm, I'm pro blasphemy, yeah. That you're pro blasphemy. Sure. All right, okay. I mean, blasphemous thing to say. I don't have to start like insulting people's religion all the time. If they want to believe weird things, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But like, I should be, I should have the right to say whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting anybody or inciting violence. Mm. 2014 Sudan. We seem to have repeatedly talked about the same countries in the course of this episode. It's on me. I, I did all the research. Mm-hmm. And he loves himself from Sudan. Maryam Yechye Ibrahim okay. faces a death sentence in Sudan for apostasy. After a court ruled, she converted from Islam. Who knows what apostasy is? That is when you uh, change religions from Islam. That's correct. That's when you mail an ocean. Apostasy. Oh, you apostasy. Apostasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just the letter C. Oh, that too. That would be simpler than an that ocean. Would be more like yeah. you'd see that on. Uh, Can you imagine Sesame Street opening? Somebody that? would post a C. <laughs> yeah, precisely. That's that's the only way Cookie Monster can share what he thinks are cookies. Oh, it's yeah. the C because C is for cookie. Apostasy uh-huh. and apostasy is good enough for me. <laughs> now the 27 year old Christian woman, a wife and mother expecting another child, embarks on a long and unpredictable, unpredictable legal journey. Mm-hmm. A variety of factors. Sudan's legal system. Differences between its constitution and Sharia law imposed by the sentencing judge, her pregnancy, ensure there will be no execution anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Even if the sentence stands, Sharia law as practiced in Sudan prohibits carrying out the death sentence on an expectant woman until two years after she gives birth. Okay. Loophole, keep getting pregnant. That's right. Keep getting pregnant. That's right. Just keep pumping out the babies. Pop uh, out those puppies and never get executed. A cartoon court convicted Ibrahim of apostasy. A, car- a cartoon court? A cartoon court. Right. Okay. There Who? was... <laughs> Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Right. There Homer was Jabberjaw. Right. Jabberjaw was uh-huh. there. Right. Uh-huh. Um, Princess Bubblegum. Princess Bubblegum. Bugs Bunny. Yeah, hey, guilty, Doc. Oh, you know who you don't want? Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil, Yosemite <laughs> Sam. Right? Because somebody might get executed accidentally once it just starts like, so they convicted Ibrahim of apostasy and sentenced her to death. Ibrahim mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was born to a Sudanese Muslim father and an Ethiopian Orthodox mother. Her father left when she was six, and she was raised by her mother as a Christian. Her lawyer, Mohammed Ihar Ilnabi, mm-hmm. said the case started after Ibrahim's brother filed a complaint against her. The brother alleged Ibrahim had gone missing for several years and that her family was shocked to find she'd married a Christian man. Because her father mm-hmm. was Muslim, the Sharia law court considered her to be the same. It refused to recognize her marriage to a Christian and also convicted her of adultery with an additional sentence of 100 lashes. Okay. Uh, Can they do that after she gets executed, though? Yeah, maybe. Is that allowed? Mm -hmm. Before imposing the sentence, the court gave her an opportunity to recant her Christian faith. But El Nabi said Ibrahim refused to do so, declaring, I am a Christian and I will remain a Christian. Her lawyer plans to ask an appeals court to review the sentence. There was no definite timetable for the appeal process, according to El Nabi, who said any death sentence must be ratified by both Supreme Court and Constitutional Court. The country imposes Sharia law on Muslims and non-Muslims alike and punishes acts of indecency and immorality by floggings and amputations. Amputations. So there is no way in the Sudan for legally a Muslim to become another faith. Or, or cease be, uh, becoming a Muslim. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Conversion from Islam is a crime punishable by death. Suspected converts to Christianity face societal pressures, and government security personnel intimidate and sometimes torture those suspected of conversion. How about you don't convert? You just stop all religion. What, like personally? Yeah. Or in the world? Personally. Oh, become an atheist? That's, that's apostasy. No, right? no, no. Just, uh, just stop. Just stop 
believing in No, don't stop believing. Do Oh, is that what that song is about? Do 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 Yeah, it's all about apostasy. Oh, I had no idea. It's an anti-apostasy I'm song from our friends at Journey. Born and raised in South Sudan. <laughs> Took a midnight court to anywhere that's not Sudan, please. <laughs> Ibrahim is eight months pregnant and has a 20-month-old son who stays with her in prison. Her husband mm. uh, uses a wheelchair and totally depends on her for all details of his life. Oh, no. That's yeah. unfortunate. As practiced in Sudan, Sharia law prohibits the execution of pregnant women. Instead, the sentence is delayed until you, two years after lactation. Oh, but what if she could just keep lactating? Yeah. Uh, Hormones? Some kind of hormone? Yeah, it's some kind of treatment that, like, you yeah. know, keep getting booby milk? The prison guard comes in. And she check, squirts him in the face. Check, yeah. no, no, you're still good. Still good? No execution yet? People who are just not free. I don't, it's, I, yeah. It's a wacky world out there, Caustic Soda listeners. Uh-huh. It's kind Avoid of it. Avoid it. Avoid the world. Of course. At yeah. all costs. Yeah. Or where you can, make it better. Uh-uh. Uh, Squirt someone in the face with your boob milk. Mm. Yeah. Is that better? Start with Kevin. Pop culture. Yes. Dread and Judge Dread are both the same character, also based on a comic book. One movie good. One movie atrocious. Well, let's talk about the 1995 Sylvester Stallone, Rob Schneider, and Max von Sydow movie. Uh, I don't think it's terrible. It's uh, I, it's kind of funny. It's not. I'm not calling it a good movie. Uh-huh. Oh, you said Sandra Bullock. That's Demolition Man. Oh, am I thinking Demolition Man? Yeah. Yes. Judge totally Dredd is different. Right. Both have They're Sylvester so totally Stallone similar. and Rob Schneider in them. Right. So Judge Dredd right. is based on the comic of the same name yep. by John Wagner. Uh-huh. By the 2080s, much of Earth has become an uninhabitable wasteland. The majority yeah. of humans reside in huge megacities with populations of tens of millions. The traditional justice system has been replaced by a core of judges mm-hmm. whose role combines those of police officer, judge, jury, and executioner. That's right. So they sentence and then carry out the sentence right on the there spot. on the spot. Yeah. Because there's yeah. no time for courts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's just too much business to get done in the course of things. And uh, the less we say about the Sylvester Stallone version of this, the better, as Mm. far as I'm concerned. Again, it falls under bad laws, probably because, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do in this world which will lead to execution. Yeah, punishments are outrageous. Yeah, Yeah. punishments are outrageous because they need to be a major deterrent because most of the crimes that go on get lost in the shuffle. In fact, in the very excellent 2012 version of Dread, yep. wherein Carl Urban plays Judge Dread, who never removes his mask, where <laughs> Sylvester Stallone yeah. keeps his mask on for about eight seconds in the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a much The more... one guy you wish covered his face more, yes. of the two, really. So the 2012 version is a much more faithful rendition. And, but and just better. Not faithful. No, exactly. <laughs> More faithful, less faithful. And I encourage people to go to Facebook and sign on to the Let's Make a Dread Sequel yes. Facebook page. Yes. I've done that. And I encourage everybody to go yeah. and do that because I would really like to see a sequel to this movie. It's awesome. But in the 2012 version, you know, the extreme laws are kind of, it's sort of, there's more exposition. There's more, it's laid out more sensically about how, you know, 90 something percent of all crimes go unreported and mm-hmm. you know unacted upon so we need to really crack down on the ones we catch yeah for some reason there's just way more crime than than the police forces that they have yeah, can handle and society has just decided to fuck off and do what they want so yeah. this small police force has decided to just go out and be efficient see the 2012 version it's awesome mm. yeah it's a great movie. i saw it three times in the theater bought yeah. it on blu-ray the day it was released 
Yeah. In an attempt to single-handedly generate a sequel. Out when of it. I when my I had a roommate who had one of those gorgeous 3D televisions mm-hmm. that you could use the regular glasses on, we would watch the 3D of Judge Dredd, of Dread over and over again. It's, it's awesome. a great one of movie. only two movies I think of where I enjoyed the 3D version. Yes, yeah. I do too. I put it on three. The three movies I think where 3D actually works: Dread, Gravity, mm-hmm. and Avatar. My my other one mm-hmm. was uh, Piranha 2D because of the boobs. <laughs> you mean 3D? It was Piranha 3D. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of two boobs. <laughs> now, speaking of Demolition Man. Yes. From 1993 <laughs> with Wesley Snipes. Obviously, Sylvester I haven't watched Stallone, any of these recently. Sandra Bullock and Nigel Hawthorne. Uh-huh. With innocent victims caught in the crossfire in Los Angeles's intensifying war on crime, both cop John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone, and violent thug Simon Phoenix, Wesley Snipes, are sentenced to a state of frozen incarceration known as cryoprison. Yeah. So this movie was made in 1993, set in 19. 19- 96 uh-huh. at the beginning. Right. And then Stallone is finally thought out 36 years later in 2032, and Los Angeles is now a pacifist utopia called mm-hmm. San Angeles. Mm-hmm. But with Phoenix on the loose, Spartan is their only hope. That's right, because there's been no crime for so long, yeah. they don't know how to deal with criminals exactly. anymore. Yeah. And so they need a badass cop from the past That's right. to actually match. match wits with this yeah. criminal mastermind. Yeah. Who isn't much of a criminal mastermind, by the way. He no, just kind of no. goes off. Yeah, well, he it's revealed in the movie that he has been programmed mm-hmm. while he was in um, cryo prison mm-hmm. by Nigel Hawthorne. Ooh. Right. So the reason this is in the Bad Laws episode mm-hmm. is because in the future, he, like you can't swear. Every time you swear, a little thing, a little, you've been fine, two credits, a little, right. little thing comes out of the wall. There's a scene in there. This is so dumb. There's no toilet paper in the future. Right. They have a spot for three seashells in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Right. And and Sylvester's you have toilet paper. I got three seashells. I know how to use them. So his solution is to swear a bunch, and the little tickets all come out of the wall, and then he uses those to go back into the bathroom to wipe his ass. And they don't ever actually explain. With the citations. They don't explain how the seashells No, no, they don't. But it's very symbolic. He wipes his ass with those citations. Nice, right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. And in the future, there's only one restaurant, and it's Taco Bell. Yeah. Right. Because of the franchise wars. Got it. Uh, And it has nothing to do with how much money Taco Bell gave to the producers of Demolition Man. I'm sure absolutely not. But in uh, but also in the future, it's like a very fine dining establishment. It's how not come, like it's not like how come product placement in the '90s was so ridiculous, and it's like never really kind of gone to that height of ridiculousness I, since. I think like, because they they, had, they hit the boundary, and everybody was like, "That's too much," and yeah. so they had to pull back. <laughs> they, they just have that, like I remember every single like tentpole movie that came out in the summer always had some restaurant tie-in, whether it was McDonald's or Subway or mm-hmm. Taco Bell or whatever. So that every character, whenever they're eating something, they were eating the product of that restaurant and you know leaving the wrappers yes. lying around. Yeah. And before somebody writes in to say, no, it wasn't Taco Bell, it was Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. you watch the European, European version, version because they don't have Taco Bells in Europe. Got it. I want to talk about the Star Trek Next Generation episode, Justice. Yes. That was Ooh. my immediate, that was my first thought as well when you mentioned wanting to do this episode. So the Enterprise crew takes shore leave on a planet called Edo, mm-hmm. where everyone is extremely friendly. And mm. barely clothed. And barely clothed. Oh, I like friendly and barely clothed. Those and what kind of planets I dig on. And while teaching native adolescents football, Wesley un- unwittingly commits a minor transgression in the zone where all errors suffer the single punishment of death by lethal injection. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. 
Like there's so there's a physical area yes. where if you go in there and you make any transgression, it's automatic. Yeah, he, he, death. he broke like a little. There's a little little greenhouse, little gardeny area. Oh, and he broke it. So it's he like fell do it. not step on the grass. Yes, punishable by death. Yes, it's exactly right. Got it. So back aboard the Enterprise, the senior officers struggle with an entity defying the laws of nature, which is facing and testing them. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the Edo's god, who's very mm-hmm. protective of his of his children. It shows up on the Enterprise. It's just like a weird entity that's has powers. Okay, and it's science. Uh, it's uh, testing them, uh-huh. testing them because according to the Prime Directive, they can't interfere. You're not supposed you to interfere, interfere with yeah. a right. pre warp civilization right. society I got it so now they oh do we do we let wesley be killed for this stupid law they said fuck no and they like bombarded the planet with plasma <laughs> torpedoes that photon been more, torpedoes more entertaining oh this wasn't entertaining mm-hmm. they didn't come up with an entertaining solution they didn't they isn't, absolutely did not is, you know, isn't television a, considered entertainment this was a terrible episode this oh. was wasn't this first season though yes yeah so this was back when their first gen was still figuring itself out and had some pretty bad stuff but. all right okay so uh what did they come up with picard says a few words to the sky right knowing that the god is listening. listening yeah and he just says some namby pamby thing about not all laws, you know, laws the, have to the, have degrees of punishment, and, and and an exception makes a law and stuff like that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very weak. Very he didn't weak. go in and give the uh, a minister of justice a handy or anything. No, and he uses their magic powers to just beam up Wesley, so he's safe. Brings him to the ship. Oh, so they're about Let's to execute him, and he's like, "Well, the entity could have stopped that if mm-hmm. he wanted to." Oh, okay, but it yeah. didn't, so I guess the entity accepted. The, or it was just Picard's looking the other speech. way at the time. Yeah, maybe it was busy but somewhere else. Maybe it was giving itself a handy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about Inherit the Wind? Yeah, I can talk about Inherit the Wind. Uh, in the 1920s, Tennessee school teacher Bertram Cates is put on trial for violating the Butler Act, uh-huh. a state law that prohibits public school teachers from teaching evolution instead of creationism. Right. Drawing intense national attention in the media with writer E.K. Hornbeck, played by Gene Kelly, reporting two of the nation's leading lawyers go head-to-head, Matthew mm-hmm. Harrison Brady, played by Frederick March, for the prosecution, and Henry Drummond, Spencer Tracy, for the defense. What year was this movie come out? 1960, the film came out. Right. Mm-hmm. So 40 years after the fact, uh, black and white, one of the few black and whites that I actually, I'm not huge on black and white films. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me, but uh, this one I yeah, actually really, okay. This was one I really enjoy and it's fabulously well acted. Like yeah. the, the two leads are amazing. Uh, the story's interesting. It's pretty accurate, but they don't really drive home, I felt anyway, how sad it is that science loses in this one. Spoiler right. alert, mm-hmm. that science loses. Well, this the, is an actual the, historical the event. Yeah. yeah, this is, yeah, this this is based happened. on the actual Scopes monkey trial. Yeah. The school teacher who actually was the one being put on trial put himself on trial kind of on purpose. Yeah, he knew the law the wasn't issue. there. He went to force the issue. He had backing to try and make it, and they wanted to fight against this law. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, his wife is like, oh, no, stop doing what you're doing. Right. You're ruining everything. The Matthew Harrison Brady ended up running for president. Af- mm-hmm. Was it after or before this? Uh, I can't remember. But both of the people involved, like, in the real trial yeah. were big names in America. Right. So this was a huge thing. There were reporters all over trying to instantly report all the time. Uh, fantastic movie everybody should check out. I agree. I've seen it twice. Why yeah. is it called Inherit the Wind? Because of a quote from something, some poem or a book or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Bible. I don't know. It won't something, something. All we'll do is inherit the wind. So, that is the worst answer. <laughs> To that question, you possibly could have come up with. I, I would have rather you made something up that sounded more coherent. <laughs> 
that it's something that it's a fart reference because chimpanzees fart all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Proverbs eleven twenty nine. Whoever brings ruin on the family on their family will inherit only wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. There you go. Mm. Bibles. So basically, if you mess up, if if you don't protect your family, you'll have nothing but wind. Right. Yeah. Right. So who's inheriting the wind here? Hornbeck is talking with Drummond and wants to use the Bible quotation from a religious rally that had been held earlier and which Brady had quoted Inherit the Wind verse because Brown was about to damn his own daughter, but he can't remember it. Drummond, the agnostic, without looking up, quotes the verse verbatim, Mm -hmm. which shocks Hornbeck, who states, well, we're growing an odd crop of agnostics this year. Mm. So it's brought up in a thing. And yeah, he wants to use it to get him and can't remember it. And the other guy's like, yeah, it's this. So it's referenced inside. Well, it's a better, you know, it's a more creative title than Scope's Monkey Trial. Yeah. The story of Scope's Monkey Trial. Monkey found guilty. We're going to call it Inherit the Poop. (laughs) Flung by Monkey's hands. Yep. Uh They opted for the other one. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling. An ominous feeling. A feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts for you. And you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while listening to Joe, Torin, and Kevin. The worst fate of all. To comment on episodes and for links and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Support the podcast by donating on our site or visit patreon.com slash causticsoda. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Louise. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.